Uh, welcome everyone to our uh, this brand new venue of communicating with the Centerville Church family and beyond because we know there are many of you that are watching that are not necessarily a part of the Centerville uh, network or Engage network which uh, comprises uh, six churches, five of which uh, are church plants over the last 15 years. But I'm Pat Nemers, I'm the lead pastor at Centerville Church. I'm joined today with uh, Jason Jackson who is uh, our discipleship uh, pastor. Uh, glad to have you on board here as well. We're going to go back and forth. This isn't exactly a Q&A per se. Uh, during the COVID, um, uh, well, we're still in the COVID crisis, I guess. The pandemic is still on and sort of goes back and forth in, in terms of intensity. It's mm -hmm. a lot of worries out there. But we're actually back to church here the last, how long we've we been back to church? Is it three weeks, four weeks now. We've had live in-person services on Sunday morning. With all those... Uh, Social distancing yeah, limitations. Of course. Uh, of course. Maybe not all of the social distancing limitations. Well, because... some are better at social distancing than others. Yes, yes. Yeah. And I would not be in the better category. No, you would be far below the better category yeah, gotcha. yeah, of social okay. distancing. Yeah. It's how a... God made you. What's that? It's how God made you. I think he made you the same way. <laughs> but you might be just a little more willing to comply than me. Huh? I gotta, I'm, I, I I'm need more to get... of a rule follower. Yeah, I got I need to get better at it, I no, guess. No, you're fine. I think I'm just going to change the rules. Yeah, that's we can do that too. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, during this time, up until we got to meet together, we had a Q&A that followed every Sunday morning, regardless who spoke, whether it was me mm -hmm. or Jason, Pastor yep. Kurt, uh, John Nemers. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, um, and, and we have discovered through, uh, you know, going back and forth with our people that this was something they really wanted more of, except we realized that the Q and A format might be, not be the wisest way of going at it, uh, because you, the watcher, the, you know, the watcher, the listener, uh, you may have questions about the message, but you might not. I mean, you might have questions about the culture, theological, uh, questions and the fact that, uh, we are. Uh, living in a um, intense time culturally with the racial tensions, right. the COVID situation, the yeah. um, the election that's upcoming. Yeah. There's no shortage of things yeah. to talk about. Oh yeah, there? politics, addiction, family, parenting, um, all 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 kinds of cultural things that we can touch on, and I'm sure people have all kinds of questions about those things. And we want to give uh, not perfect answers because many times there aren't perfect answers. We want to give wise answers, and yeah. wisdom comes from Scripture and from watching. Christ's life and emulating that and imitating him and so we want to provide as much as we can as a staff and as a church and others that will be a part of this over the over the days and weeks uh, we want to provide wise answers yeah. to cultural issues so kind of carrying the the podcast idea versus just a Q&A allows us right. a little more flexibility perhaps even bring in a guest from time to time we're going to sort of morph this thing as we go we're kind of stick to that 20 25 minute uh, mode for right now mm -hmm and stay with the message. And really, to be candid, we don't want to lose our the gospel centricity of all of this. It's been our passion to be, we call ourselves a gospel-centered church. We really believe we are a gospel-centered church because we think at the heart or at the center of everything that is the gospel. And that is the thing that uh, the very means by which God changes people's hearts, changes our viewpoints, changes our ethic, yeah. changes our politic. Yeah. It changes uh, the way we look at one another, uh, different ethnicities, uh, all of those things. So we don't want to lose that, do we? Yeah, no, we don't, of course. We want to continue to be a Christ-centered, gospel-centered church. And we should mention, too, Pastor, though, that even though we've started back in 
live in-person services in the building. There are still up to two-thirds of our people yeah. that would normally be here on a Sunday morning that, that can't or, or, or haven't come back yet. And for the most part, that's okay. And so in some ways, this podcast environment, uh, video digital content is uh, in part to help reach those people that may not feel that face-to-face connection, just to provide some additional teaching and yeah. Yeah, shepherding and uh, maybe just some fellowship over, over this medium. Yeah, and thanks for bringing that because I want that to weigh in on our, our uh, you, the viewing audience here, because Jason just said two-thirds, and I have said repeatedly, it, it's not that we have uh, on any given Sunday uh, up to two-thirds of our people that aren't here. On every given Sunday, two-thirds of our people are not here. That's that's about a thousand people every single week that cannot be here or choose not to be here. Not because they don't want to be here. We understand that, uh, our, at least from what we can tell, most of you want to be back. But uh, the you know the COVID. We've situation. actually capped the the numbers. I mean, we have registrations for every service, and yep. we have to do that at this point to stay appropriate with the social distancing limitations. And yeah. things. so, for those that may not be familiar with our our ministry, um, we're not turning people away, but we we are trying to keep the numbers down yeah. in a sense. Not turning people away, but keeping the numbers down. And really, we just announced this last week that starting this next week, we're going to have uh, nurseries. Yeah. Uh, we're going to have uh, uh, the children's church type of ministry up until about five years of age. So those of you who've held back because you know you just don't have a place to put your little one, you'll have one starting this week. But the numbers aren't going to change too much because we still have to have a cap yeah, on Yeah, so you still have to sign up online just like you have been for those that are of you that are familiar with that and sign your kids up for their specific services and classes and things like that. Yeah, so let me double down on it. Sign up. Please do. Because the staff at Sayreville, which is, you know, fairly large, upwards of what, 80 to 100 people with all the kids and whatnot, they they are told not to sign up until the very end of the week. So when you go, or in other words, don't hold off because you're thinking, well, maybe I should wait for somebody else. Just go ahead and sign up. Mm-hmm. And uh, and because we want to see you. It is what it is for right now. Yep. Um, now we've been we we we're, we're in our Exodus series, mm-hmm. and we've been in the Book of Exodus for some time. It's been very very well received, and we did a prelude to the Ten Commandments here this last uh, Sunday, uh, with this message: God both near and far. We used some theological terms like transcendence and eminency. Transcendence meaning God, the otherliness of God. He's he's detached from us. He's he's not just like us. Uh, in fact, there's that psalm, the psalmist said, you thought I was just like you. God mm-hmm. says that. And he's not like us. Although he does have intellect, you know, emotion and will, he is personality. His greatness, his holiness, his grandeur does separate him from us because we're sinners. Yep. He's not. That's right. Uh, but his eminence draws, draws him near to us, and we're grateful for that. And really, we kind of live in a time where eminency is really folk, uh, culturally, I'm talking about culture, culturally in the churches, his eminence, his closeness, that, you know, that that chummy God is sort of there. Yeah. And we kind of talked a little bit about that. But both that of those well. are important, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, the, that's the balance. And I think uh, we run into some struggles sometimes when we focus on one at the expense of the other. Yeah. The, the eminence, the chummy God, Jesus is my homeboy kind of thing, yeah. that, that just waters everything down if that's all we know about God or all we believe about God. 
And yet if he's totally otherly and totally holy and we can't, we can't ever communicate with him or have a relationship with him, then there's, there's no communion there. There's no yeah. community. With then you have almost God. that deist mentality exactly. that God just sort of winds things exactly. up and let them go. But he's both. So let's That's keep right. those things in tension. Great God, but uh, near as well. Okay. Yeah. Uh, a couple of the things from the message and just from the feedback we were getting, we got lots of feedback and maybe, in, in fact, I never even asked how God might have interacted with you. I mean, Jason here, he sits in all three services. The only guy I know sits through all three services, I'm telling you. I know how he does it. But uh, So you may have a better take than me even on this thing. But a couple of the things that uh, were coming out was uh, just uh, uh, probably the overarching thing was that concern for complacency. That was a concern with adults as, uh, as well as with kids. And we introduced this, what I called the uh, the the uh, the Uza syndrome, yeah. which was when familiarity doesn't breed contempt, but breeds complacency. Yeah. Um, uh, so I mean, lots of people. I got lots of. I had parents coming up to me. Thank you for charging my kid. Thank you for backing up what I've been saying, what my husband and I've been saying, what my wife and I've been saying. I got several of those type of comments. But now I want to put it back on you, Jason, because you were a you were a youth pastor for what 15 years, mm-hmm. and so you know sometimes as you as you well as we look back we see kids that's you know, you're you're a father now. Uh, how have you dealt with this with with the kids? How did you deal with this as a youth pastor with kids? Uh, how did you get after that apathy, that shallowness? that complacency that can creep into kids who are raised in Christian homes. Yeah, sometimes we call them grown-up, born-again, gooba kids. You know, no, nobody's born, you know, from the womb, born yeah. again, of course. But we, we sort of, we, in fact, a lot of people use the phrase, I grew up in a Christian home. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, of course, that's not how people get saved. But um, what they mean is maybe there's some modicum of religion there or, or even Christ-centeredness. But... I think the first thing is to to recognize that it's not just as a youth pastor or even as discipleship pastor right now, or even as a parent, um, the, our first responsibility is to lead ourselves in this, to make sure that I'm not complacent, to make sure that Meredith and I, my wife and I, are not complacent before we try to put that on someone else, you know, how, to be how, a model of that. So how early do you think a kid can can detect hypocrisy in his mom and dad if it's not real in you? Probably before birth, <laughs> very early. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, I think kids see through that kind of mm. thing. Kids have a very very strong fake fakeness detector, mm. and teenagers especially. Mm. In fact, they'll tell you uh, if you've got teenagers, you know this already. Those of of, of those uh, of our church people that work with teenagers right here at Sailorville and other churches, they would say that teenagers can see right through the the phoniness, the fakeness. Authenticity is huge. And uh, teenagers get that, and so they see that very, very early on. It's it when we tell kids to do things that we're not doing, they get it, they see it, and they can call it out on us. Now, I've never shared this in a message. Uh, I think I shared it on a staff. This is level. exclusive podcast. This would be an, this is exclusive wow. podcast. Okay. Uh, illustration coming up here. Okay, uh, but it comes to my mind. So. Last year, my wife and I were in another country visiting some missionaries. I won't name the missionaries or the country, but we were in their home and uh, we were talking about the subject of forgiveness. I mean, that's got to be a top five subjects that people deal with and the importance of forgiveness. And these missionaries were, they are outstanding missionaries and they were raised in a Christian home. And as we were talking about the subject of missionary, of being, of 
forgiveness, the missionary, this was during supper, he says, you know, I agree, you know, my mom and dad, they drilled down on us kids all the time. When you sin, you ask the person particularly to, for, to forgive you. You make it clear. You say, will you forgive me? And, uh, and you always do that. And then if you're the person who someone's asking for forgiveness, you always say, I forgive you. Make that really clear. And we're kind of nodding, yeah. And then he paused, he goes, and I never once saw my parents practice that. Yikes. I, I mean, he just literally, you could have knocked us over with a feather because it sounded like the, the mantra we've all heard. And he's just going to say, and my mom and dad were the best. Yeah. And, he, and he just this, had this little Paul Harvey type of pause. He goes, and I never once saw my parents practice yeah. it. That's hypocrisy. So that's complacency too. I mean, mm -hmm. that's what you're talking about. Complacency is apathy, especially in our relationship with God as we looked in, in Exodus 19. So the, the biggest thing, the first thing is the log and the speck principle, right? Mm -hmm. you've, got to get, you've got to get rid of that. And complacency is one of those things you've got to ruthlessly eliminate from your lives. You've got to work, you've got to hustle to get rid of complacency. But I think there's a couple things that we would tell teenagers, adults, parents, kids even right now. Number one, go deeper in your relationship with God. It's, uh, it's not just about knowing about God, it's about knowing God. So when I'm complacent, it's because I just know about something, I don't have that personal connection to it. And um, uh, passion and, and depth in my relationship with God eliminates that complacency. So I need to know God himself. Mm -hmm. It's the Proverbs 30 man that we were talking about mm -hmm. a little bit ago. You know, who, who is the one that does all these things, that mm -hmm. is so high and yet comes so low? And, and then who is his son? Well, we, we need to know God and know His Son, Christ, and uh, go deeper in that relationship. That's the foundational deal here. Complacency is eradicated when we have a deep relationship and a passionate, focused relationship with our Savior, I think, to begin with. So you challenge these kids to go deeper in their understanding of God, their knowledge of God. I take that there has to be some disciplines that are connected Absolutely. to that, like Bible yeah. reading and yep. this and that. Yep. Yeah, a, a, a regular routine, um, in-depth Bible study, reading, just soaking in the Word of God. And we say the Word of God as if it's a textbook sometimes or as if it's something out there, but it's the Word, it's the literal communication other than Christ Himself. It's what we have of God Himself. This is the Word of God. We get to know God by reading His Word. So, so they go deeper with God, but I've known a lot of these kids over the years who have a deep knowledge of God, but they're just kind of isolated. They don't really reach out. Is that where it stops? Just going deeper? Is that the only thing they need to go deeper in? No, I think it starts there, but but even that you can fake up, up until a point. So I think the next deal would be to go deeper with other people, you know, authentic community, to go deeper with people that may even challenge you. Uh, mm -hmm. Hebrews 3.12 says, we've, we've got to exhort each other. We've got to be on each other. Uh, every single day, as long as it's called today. Otherwise, we may be ourselves and the person that we could be exhorting be prone to falling away from God. So we need to be around people that mm -hmm. challenge us. A challenge gets rid of complacency. And, and we do this as a staff. We do this in our cell group environment. And hopefully we do this as a, as a, as a faith family here at Sailorville, mm -hmm. challenging each other. And we don't always like that right. because we like to be comfortable, complacent, callous sometimes. Um, but God's called us to Christ-likeness and, and not comfort. And so we challenge each other uh, okay. from Scripture, from, from Christ's uh, character as well. And then go deeper with people that aren't like you. So deeper with God, deeper with people that challenge you, deeper with people that aren't like you. There's nothing that 
uh, gets rid of complacency more than um, getting out of our comfort zone. Being with people that, well, like the people that Jesus would be around, you know, the, mm. the people that were outcasts or misfits or what culture said would be un- unlovable or even unlovely kinds of people. They, they make us uncomfortable in a sense, but that's good for us. It gets rid of that complacency. And let me just say to the listening audience, I mentioned, referenced earlier, that Jason's been a youth pastor 15, for 15 years, but I have personally met quite a number of men in ministry who were under his mentoring for several years uh, who, who are now ministering. And so I'm saying, th- this isn't your theological, this, this is proven stuff. And, and I know that you're going to go deeper in one other way, because I saw your notes. <laughs> And, uh, and I was thinking, I think it's Psalm 111, verse 10, where it says, A good understanding of all those who do your commandments. What's another area they need to go deeper in? Well, I think the last one, just off the top of my head here as we've been talking about this, is going deeper in your obedience or deeper in your commitment to Christ. So one of the things we say here at Sailorville is um, small steps lead to really big changes. So God is in the small things. So when you hear go deeper in your obedience don't or, or commitment, don't think, i got to make this massive step of obedience. You know, I need to commit to full-time missions, or I need to pay off my house and give all my money to the church or to the poor. Or to you know, We're not talking about these massive leaps right now. Mm-hmm. I'm just suggesting that sometimes the deepest commitment starts in a very small step. Yeah. So God is in the little steps of faith, the little steps of obedience, the little walks that lead to the paths and paths lead to places yeah. so get on that path by taking those small steps of obedience that gets rid of complacency yeah. when we obey because it's not about us anymore now in the slight chance that you didn't get to see the message on sunday <laughs> uh you, you, just to put a little frame around this thing we were in exodus 19 and toward the end god doubles down with Moses after telling him earlier, you know, put limits up there, warn the people not to go beyond those limits between the camp and the base, the base camp and the, uh, the base of the mountain at Sinai, or they were going to, God would break through and they would die. Mm -hmm. Uh, God tells them, he tells Moses again, and Moses basically responds by saying, you know, God, I I already told him that. Why would I need to do this again? And of course we said, because we need reminding and it was at that point in the message that I had, uh, in all those three services, I had all the kids that were 18 years and younger standing up and gave them the charge yeah. not to become complacent. That's why we're going back and forth yeah. with you as a former youth pastor, uh, because there's a lot of parents out there that are just, your kids are, your kids are getting into those years, uh, 12, 13, 14, 15, where you're going, oh my goodness, I mean, I'm not sure if. I'm not sure if Johnny gets it or if he wants it. Uh, these can be frustrating years, can't they? And that was a powerful moment, by the way, in all three of our services where you had all of those um, young people stand up from 18 and down. And I talked to a couple of them afterwards, and they, they, that, that hit them mm. because some of them had actually grown up in this church. Yeah. And, you know, those gooba kids, grown up, born again style kids. And um, that really that hit them because they have that tendency, as we all do, to be complacent around things that we're very familiar with. But you had a quote on Sunday, one of, the, one of those points that you made. Sometimes who you were looks a lot like who you are. I actually made that quote up. Can you believe that? That's right. You make a lot of really great quotes up. <laughs> I have to admit, I have to, it was one of those quotes where I thought, I love this. And then I thought, will they even understand what I'm saying? Well, help us understand what you're saying. Okay, well, the, again, the quote was, uh, and it was in the context of, uh, of uh, the people were saying to God, 
through Moses, hey, we'll do everything you say. And yet we know very well the children of Israel did not do everything the Lord had told them. And, uh, and then uh, he used the expression, he says, I'm, I'm talking to you, Jacob. I'm talking to you, Israel. Well, if anybody knows, Jacob and Israel were the same person. And it's a little bit like Jesus calling Peter, who he named, who was Simon, he would name Peter. Sometimes he'd call him Simon. And it was in that context that I said, sometimes, you know, that, that whole line, sometimes uh, you, uh, who you are, who looks, you are looks like, like, I can't even say my own, used to be. Yeah. Yeah. who you are looks a lot like uh, who you, uh, I'm sorry, it's who you were looks a lot like who you are. That's the little brain teaser there. So you, if you are born again, you have a, you have a past tense. You were, an, you were an old creation. There was an old you. Whether you're Jason Jackson at five or six years old when you trusted Jesus, or Pat Nemers at age 24, yep. there was a were. Yep. But sometimes, because we live in this bag of flesh, the were creeps through. And sometimes the way uh, we were looks a lot like the way we are. So there hasn't been any change. No change, or or, or 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 we've slid back into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the apostle Paul says in First Corinthians three, I couldn't speak to you as unto spiritual. I had to speak to you as unto carnal or fleshly, mm -hmm. even as unto babes in Christ. By now you should have been teachers. He told the Hebrews uh, another place. So there is this expectation that God has after we become new creations, that we bust out of the old. And I mean, it's, it, it, it is an assumption that we are going to eventually bust out of the old through those little incremental steps. But if it's yeah. never happened, and if it's never happened to you, then you have every right to question whether or not you have been born again. Uh, on the other hand, it might just be uh, like the illustration I gave with my two youngest sons. They, both of them were not living for the Lord. They both needed to be converted. As it turned out, one needed just turn back to God because he, because who he used to be looked a lot like who he was. Uh, whereas the other son, uh, John, who's now on staff here, just was not born again. He just needed to be saved. But you're the only one, you and God, who knows the uh, the, the, the final answer to that one. So Yeah, and being fake about that is, doesn't help you or doesn't help anybody yeah, else, right? Yeah. I, I was thinking this afternoon, authentic, authenticity eats complacency for breakfast, right? Mm. A, cure for, a cure for complacency is authenticity. Yeah. If I'm authentic with you, honest with you, genuine with you, then you're, you'll be able to challenge me. You'll yeah. be able to push me, and that pushes me out of my complacency. So be real with yourself and be real with the Lord. He sees it. Be real with the people around you. Amen. Amen. Well, I hope that helps some of you, especially those of you who are parents, because that, that was a big chunk of our time here today. And I hope this gives you a little flavor of what we want to do in the days to come. Again, if you are a member or an attender at Sarahville Church, hey, get signed up. Don't wait to sign up at 8, 9.30, or 11 o'clock for this Sunday. And uh, we'll hope to see many of you then. So God bless you and have a good rest of the week.